Shalom Tamar. Thanks so much again for allowing me to be a part of your weekend edition. I thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, welcome to all our listeners out there today. Uh, welcome to the Noahide segment. Today I've got uh, a special guest uh, for us. It's a gentleman by the name of Adam Penrod. He is a young Noahide in the Noahide movement and has a tremendous amount of Torah knowledge, uh, and, and in fact, Adam, at one point, was actually going to be converting to Judaism, and to that end, he actually studied in yeshiva in Israel. So I want to go ahead and bring Adam in the here. We're going to be talking to him about a new Noahide prayer book that he has co-authored, and let me go ahead and bring him in here right now. Adam Penrod, thanks for joining us. Welcome to the show. Ray, thank you so much for having me on. Well, as I just mentioned to the listening audience, uh, you were going to be converting to Judaism, and it wound up that you didn't convert and instead remained a Noahide. Uh, can you elaborate on that for us a little bit? Tell us why you made that decision? Well, um, in some ways, I think the decision was sort of made for me. Uh, I was over in Israel, I was converting, almost done with the conversion process, then came down with um, a nasty little illness called bacterial meningitis, and uh, was just too sick. Had to come back and uh, get taken care of. Um, got out of the hospital, got better, um, was ready to, to go back and finish converting, and then Hashem put me to work, it seemed like, um, almost from the get-go. I had a, a, a lot of different things coming up as far as Noahide projects, um, people asking for different things and, and, and seeing different things that needed to be done, and uh, lo and behold, it's four years later. So um, sometimes people ask me, well, are you ever going to uh, finish converting? Um, you know, that's not being a fortune teller or a prophet or anything like that. I, I certainly can't answer that question, um, but for now I can say that um, I, I think that uh, Shim has me doing what he wants me to do, and and uh, I, I intend to, to do my best to uh, fulfill whatever it is Shim has planned out for me, whatever responsibilities he gives me. Um, don't want to sound arrogant, not like I've been given a commission from God. I just, I, you know, I just feel like there are certain things. Um, it seems like that they, they kind of come your way, and uh, you know they, it just seems obvious sometimes that you should you should do it, help out, and uh, that's kind of what I mean. Well, I know I oftentimes get asked uh, why I haven't converted with my knowledge and my heart and love for Hashem and His Torah. Uh, I've been asked uh, this very question, and it always goes back to one thing that uh, God has not put it on my heart to convert, so I can only assume that from that he feels I can be more instrumental in his destiny for mankind as a Noahide than I can as a Jew. So I myself have kind of gone through that myself, not to, to your extent, but have pondered and prayed about conversion, and God just hasn't uh, told me to do it. And just as a reminder to our listening audience, when we refer to Hashem, Hashem is the name of God. We're referring to the creator of all things. And in Hebrew, that is Hashem, which literally means the name. Ha is the Shem name, Hashem the name. 
So uh, please bear that in mind uh, throughout the rest of uh, this interview because I'm sure it's going to come up rather frequently. So let me just dive right into this. Uh, I mentioned earlier that you are a co-author of a new Noahide prayer book that will be available at the Noahide World Conference coming up at the end of June in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Can you tell our friends in the audience today why uh, you started? What caused you to put together this Noahide prayer book? Yeah, sure. And um, first off, I just want to let everybody know who my co-author is. I don't know if I say co-author, but um, who that is, and that's Jacob Scharf. He's another Noahide. He and I have been working together on this project. Um, Jacob is probably one of the most knowledgeable Noahides I know of when it comes to Noahide halakha. He also, um, like me, went through a conversion process, almost finished it, and uh, so we both had that in common. So we both had a lot of familiarity with the prayer book and, and uh, among other things. Uh, why a Noahide Siddur? <laughs> well, uh, really, in, in my opinion, uh, prayer is a absolute necessity for life. Um, even though Noahides aren't commanded to pray, uh, Hashem doesn't command us to breathe either, and yet we, for some reason, find it necessary to continue living. So I think that we could it's safe to, to assume that uh, prayer is one of those necessities of life, just like you feed your body to keep it strong and healthy. You've got to feed your soul to keep it strong and healthy. And the way you feed your soul is by communing with Hashem, by developing that, that inner spiritual life, by developing a communal spiritual life. I don't think people realize the importance of praying with another group of people. Um, in fact, your prayers become much more powerful when they're done within a group. Um, so... Noahide Sidor seemed to me to be obvious. Living as a, a, a as somebody who was converting to Judaism, the prayer book became a very intimate part of my life. In fact, if anybody were ever to look at my Sidor, it, it looks very worn and used, and some of the pages are a little bit questionable. And and that's because it, it becomes something that's so a part of your life. It, it becomes indispensable, and um, it's indispensable for a lot of reasons. Again, I think that people need to develop that prayer life, and I think they, need, they want to develop that relationship with Hashem. And sometimes I don't think they really know quite how to go about doing that. Um, sometimes uh, also, um, you know, there's this intention or this intense desire to pray, but you do it and you try to do it, and yet you don't really know what to say. You're a little bit like a blank slate. Uh, you start babbling and talking randomly, um, almost like you're trying to ask some girl out on a date. You don't really, you're just saying a lot of things all at once very quickly, or maybe you're saying nothing at all. And, uh, you know, I've certainly experienced that coming from uh, my, you know, uh, a background of being formerly a, formerly a, a Protestant Christian. Um, of course, they were very much into spontaneous prayer. And that's, that's also, I'm just not to say this isn't important. Spontaneous prayer is important and something everybody should do. The problem is, is that is that sometimes when you engage in that, you just sit there and you don't know what to say. Um, well, using a prayer book, especially on a, a regular basis, helps train you to under to, to know what to say, to, to get you off on the right foot, if you will, and uh, teaches you how to approach Hashem. And so um, the Jewish people have one. Uh, the prayer book has been one of the 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 reasons, one of the sources of their successful continued survival as a people and I think that for Noahides who are looking to uh, 
develop themselves and develop their, their communities, a prayer book is a must. Well, I, I think that's an outstanding way of looking at it, and you've kind of answered uh, one of my other questions as far as the importance of developing uh, a prayer book, and I'm sure you can even expand on that more, but uh, quite frankly, in having a relationship with God, it is twofold. We have commandments, and commandments are given to us by God for us to live in this physical realm uh, that we call life. And we do the commandments for the benefit of ourselves and for our fellow man. But at the same time, that isn't much good if you don't have a relationship with Hashem. And in order to have a relationship with God, you, with certainty, have to have a, a prayer life at some level. Uh, so maybe you can expand uh, on this a little bit more in terms of the importance of, of developing uh, this prayer book uh, for uh, mankind, for, for B'nai Noah. Yeah, you know, um, we, we developed this, this, this prayer book. Now, you have to understand that, that there, are, there is a difference between uh, what we were trying to accomplish and the purpose of a Jewish siddur, Jewish prayer book. Um, the, the Jewish people, of course, with their prayer book, one of its functions is to help them accomplish a number of commands they have upon themselves. Um, such as they're supposed to say the Shema twice a day. They're supposed to make a hundred blessings. Every day a hundred blessings. I know a lot of you are probably thinking, a hundred blessings, that's insane. Um, but actually, through the use of the prayer book, excuse me, that number becomes very attainable, very easily attainable. And remember, these are commandments that they're obligated to do no matter what. Um, so uh, the Jewish people, you know, that, they have those reasons, those needs within their prayer book, we don't have a similar uh, need and obligation, so it allows us to develop something a little bit uh, uh, simpler for our needs, something uh, that we're not so concerned about having to fulfill certain obligations. Like I said, we don't have this, the, these obligations. We don't have a, I guess you could say, an obligation in the form of a commandment to pray. I think we have an obligation just from the, the, the status of, uh, of the obviousness of needing to pray uh, more than anything else. <laughs> um, cut Ray I, I'm sorry I think I lost my train of thought <laughs> okay well we can uh, uh, go ahead and, and, and cut there and uh, I know you wanted to or in previously you mentioned uh, the, the idea of learning about God that the, the prayers help us to learn who Hashem is uh, who he is to us uh, who we are to him, um, and then you also mentioned the commentaries. So maybe you want to go ahead and expand on that as part of this uh, important question. Uh, how does that sound? Yeah, that sounds great. Okay, then here I go. Um, so there are a lot of functions to a prayer book. The Jewish people have several different functions uh, that you know and. Uh, Please forgive me if I'm sounding a little dispassionately putting this about the prayer book. I'm just trying to explain to everybody uh, a prayer book isn't just simply something meant to just read and then go about your business. There actually are a lot of there, there's a lot of thinking put behind it, and the thinking is a result of Ezra, uh, the prophet and the scribe, and his Beit Din, his court. Of course, that Beit Din was the Sanhedrin, and they're the ones who are responsible for this prayer book. So there was a lot of things that they tried to accomplish with this prayer book. 
And there were some, some of those things are really more relevant for the Jewish people. There are other things that are still relevant for both Jews and for, uh, for Noahides. Um, one of those things is education. Um, I think that one of the wonderful things about the, about the Sidor is, is that it educates people about who God is. Who is this person? Who is this God person anyway, right? Um, um, who is this guy? And uh, this is very important in regard to um, us not making any mistakes, uh, to us knowing who it is that we're praying to. Um, I remember um, Rabbi Tzvi Avanir, who teaches on Noahide nations. Um, I heard him at a conference a few years ago, and one of the, I mean, just brilliant points that I thought he made was that he, he, he told, told us about um, how did idolatry start in the world? Where did it come from? Remember that, you know, the knowledge of God was not as difficult to find as it is in our era, right? We had, um, we had Adam, Adam HaRishon, the first man, right? And he had this, you know, instant knowledge of God, right? Uh, we, they had prophecy was, was, was available, but... but um, God was known. There were, you know, the world started off, began with monotheism, but eventually it got corrupted into uh, polytheism and, and all the, the different forms of idolatry. So what happened? So Rabbi Avenir, quoting uh, the Rambam in, in, in the laws of uh, idolatry, uh, one one, I believe, one 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 two, something like that. Um, <clears throat> Rabbi Avenir tells the story that what happened was, was that. The sages of the generation of Enosh made a mistake. They reasoned incorrectly. They misunderstood something about God. Uh, what did they misunderstand? Well, Hashem, uh, they reasoned, um, created the, the, the stars and the heavens and all these different things as sort of agents of God. And that just as, as a human king, um, you would want to uh, honor um, his servants as agents of the king, well, obviously God wants these agents to also be honored. So if we're not honoring his agents, then it's like we're slapping God in the face or something, that we're not you know, truly recognizing him. And so what they decided to do is we're going to, to begin to recognize uh, these servants of God. And so they began off in this manner. The problem was that for making this mistake, they, they went from uh, uh, recognizing these servants that God appointed to worshiping them. And so then they started worshiping Hashem, and then they started worshiping these servants. Well, at some point, they forgot all about Hashem and just started worshiping all these things that they created in their mind. So in, in Enosh's day, um, and again, it happened after the time of Noah, I believe, as well, uh, what led to human beings falling into idolatry was the lack of a correct understanding of God. And um, the Siddur addresses that issue. And it's, so in, in the Noahide Siddur, I think that one of the things it tries to do is it tries to educate people about, um, you know, correct notions of God and each other and, 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 and you know, what we're doing and why. And uh, included in that is we have actually um, a commentary that goes along with the Siddur to explain um, some of the importance and relevance of some of the prayers. And it's, uh, it's, it's our hope that in there we have also helped aid in that educational process so that we can, you know, avoid making the mistakes that led our ancestors into 
worshiping something other than Hashem. Well, that makes a, a whole lot of sense. And obviously, from a standpoint of the relationship between a mankind, his creation, and, and God himself, that, that prayer is, is essential. And, uh, you know, listening to you talk, uh, I'm reminded of, of Noah. Uh, God tells us in his Torah that Noah was a righteous man in his eyes and that he walked with him. And presumably, the only way that this could actually happen uh, in order to have this kind of relationship with God uh, is, is simply through a healthy prayer life. Uh, does, this, does this make sense, or does somebody need to call the rubber truck and come and get me? Well, I think that if they're going to call the rubber truck on you, they need to, they need to call them on me as well, because I, I think you're 100% correct. I think that, that this idea of having a prayer life is, is just essential to developing yourself um, as a Noahide, but not even just as a Noahide, as, a, as, a, as, a, as an individual and as a member of a community. I think that this is so, uh, um, you know, not only do we, does the prayer book teach you uh, what it means to, uh, you know, who God is and, and what you're worshiping, but it also teaches you what kind of person you ought to be and, and how to act righteously. But let me tell you, um, one of the reasons we put this together um, is for individual Noahides, and I've had um, different Noahides, you know, tell me different things. But one of the things that impacted me recently, that just made me so glad that we were working on this, was I had a Noahide woman who came and told me that um, she was so glad that she had left Christianity. She was so glad that she'd given up the falsehood and idolatry of Christianity. This, in her mind, was you know, wonderful, because, uh, you know, we Noahides, I think people, we know, we, be, we become Noahides, we, we're drawn to the Torah, because we're looking for truth, and you can't help but be drawn to it, and so in our mind, uh, when it comes to to, uh, to to what we do, and why we do it, we're always trying to do something, because it's the right thing to do, and, um, and, and, and she told me that, uh, that what happened with her, was that even though she had, she had left this idolatry and this falsehood, she also felt like that she'd also left behind her prayer life. She felt like she had had at one time a very powerful prayer life, and she didn't have that anymore. Why didn't she have it? Well, again, like I said, you know, Noahides, you know, I think most of us are, you know, I hope, I hope so, are searching after truth, and we want to do the right thing, but she didn't really know what the right thing to do was. You know, how do I properly worship Hashem? How do I make sure that I don't fall into the snare of idolatry again. You know, what What do I do? How do I do it? And because of this, because she didn't know the answer to this, uh, her the, the, the once very uh, powerful, meaningful prayer, prayer life she had at one time began to, to just sort of disappear. It, it became um, blocked by this obstacle of not knowing what to do. And so for me, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I've, I've gone through this myself, and I think a lot of people have is um, sometimes it's very frustrating when you want to do the right thing, but you don't know how to do the right thing, and you're, and you're very worried about doing the wrong thing, so you wind up doing nothing at all. So, you know, our, one of the reasons that we wanted to do this was to uh, help Noahides feel confident and comfortable in going forward and in, in, uh, in developing that prayer life, uh, developing that relationship with God, developing that relationship with one another in, in a community, um, to, to develop themselves as a person. And, um, and this is what we're hoping this, this door will help us do. 
Well, I think the key word here is confidence. And, and, and I know from my own uh, dealings with a great many Noahides, confidence uh, is, is lacking in terms of, as, as you say, doing the right thing, making sure we're not falling into that which our ancestors fell into in, in worshiping uh, idols rather than the creator of all things. So let me ask you this uh, along those lines uh, so that we do have confidence in, in using this Noahide prayer book that you are coming out with. Uh, how are you making sure that it has good information uh, so that we don't fall into these uh, ancestral patterns as before? Well, that's a very good question, and this was something that both Jacob and I worried about. And I think the answer is, is first and foremost, there was something that we realized, and that was, take for a moment and think about the fact that the Jewish Siddur was originally composed and arranged by, uh, by Ezra and his court. A prophet of God and the wisest rabbis in the world, the Sanhedrin, got together and put the prayer book together. Now, there is no way in the world that a couple of guys like Jacob and I, who, um, you know, who don't know a lot of Torah, um, could ever hope to top the, the work of Ezra and his court. There's no way. It would be ridiculous to even consider it. It would be ridiculous. So the idea of us just writing something from scratch, first off, that would have just led into a lot of problems with us I feel with us being able to feel confident in it because it would have been, you know, our own imagination. And, and, and uh, you know, I think sometimes we're better off sometimes realizing our limitations and sometimes being humble about things. And so it seemed to us that, that if we're going to develop a Noahide door, it ought to be based on this thing that was developed by Ezra and his court. Um, so the next thing that we did was that um, we realized that Although the, the, the modern Siddur for the Jewish people is, is something that works for them, um, for Noahide it probably wouldn't work as well, um, partly because there are a lot of the prayers and things in there are aimed at Israel only. Um, there's a lot of material in there that's very beautiful and very meaningful and it really gets you going. But at the same time, it are things that have been, there are additions that have been made over you know, you know, hundreds if not thousands of years since the Siddur was first put together. So there's a lot of material in there that, although it adds something to the, to, to the Jewish prayer book, for Noahide, who isn't used to coming and, and, and using a, a prayer book, um, it, would, it would cause the prayer book to be unapproachable to them. It's just too much. It would, you know, I, I remember the first time, when I, right before I got into converting, I, I got a, a Jewish prayer book, and I said, you know what, before I get over there and start going through the conversion process, I ought to start reading the Jewish Siddur. I had to start becoming familiar with it. I start getting in the habit of doing it. And you know, <laughs> uh, you know, when you convert, one of the things they do for you is is that you have to be circumcised um, or ritually have some some blood drawn. And that's a very daunting idea for for a male going through the conversion process. But it wasn't as daunting to me as the idea of reading that siddur because that sucker is huge. And so. Realizing how how how, uh, how um, intimidating that can be, I, I you know it seemed to Jacob and I that that whatever we get, have, whatever we put together, has to be something that um, 
is much smaller, uh, much more, uh, I guess you could say, basic, and something that doesn't overwhelm you when you open it and look at it. And so what we did to accomplish that is we went back and looked at um, some of the oldest information that we could find on the Sidor. We looked at, we found this, we, we used the Sadia Gaon's Sidor. Um, he's a famous uh, Gaon who lived, at, I believe, the 10th century CE. Um, and uh, he had the first uh, Sidor uh, in a book, I guess. And uh, we used that as part of the basis of our text. We also used um, the Rambam's Mishnah Torah. We used that, um, his order of prayers, uh, the, the laws of blessings, the laws of reading the Shema, and all these different things um, to help inform us uh, sometimes on what prayers to add, where to put them, also um, why certain prayers are being done and, and, and why they should be done. Also to distinguish when a prayer is specific only to Israel and when a prayer is actually has more of a universal meaning to it. And so by using these sources, what we found was that uh, the one thing we dreaded the most was the idea of, of just, you know, haphazardly snipping and cutting things out that Ezra and his court had put in there. So we uh, feel that any of the changes that we made uh, were, were done um, in such a way where um, uh, it doesn't cause any of the problem. We didn't want to make the error of, of changing it and, um, so badly. So there were a couple of things we left out. Uh, but for the most part, it's intact um, for the really basic prayers from, from what it originally was. Um, next, after that, we also used, we also added a few suggestions in there. Uh, Rabbi Yo Schwartz in one of his books, uh, I think it's uh, Ada Tim. I'd have to look at that. Um, in one of Rabbi Schwartz's books, he, he makes a couple of suggestions on how to begin, for example, Noahide communal prayer. He said that we ought to begin with Psalm 117, and, and it's just a wonderful, wonderful psalm. It just makes so much sense. So he had some really good suggestions. So we're trying to incorporate some of those suggestions into it. Um, other Noah, other Jewish scholars, other Noahide scholars, um, and even looking at different Noahide communities. Um, these are all things that we've used to sort of help us uh, decide on, on on how to put this thing together. Um, the next step is the step that we're, we're about to begin right now, and that is is getting this looked at by people who know more than us, people who are smarter than us, people who um, uh, uh, are uh, much wiser than, than we are. And that's, the, of course, the, the, the Jewish sages of our generation, uh, rabbis such as Rabbi Yoel Schwartz. We're going to send this off to have him look at it. We're going to have it sent off to Rabbi... Um, Chaim Richmond, Rabbi Svi Avenir, um, all these different rabbis that uh, that we we go to with our questions and who we've we've followed their teachings over the years. We're going to send this off to them, have them look it over, make sure we haven't made any mistakes, make sure that we're within the boundaries of halakha, make sure that uh, halakha being of course law, making sure that um, you know maybe there's other suggestions they might have to make it even better. Uh, we're also sending it off to um, Noahide scholars, um, who we feel there are individual Noahides, such as Jack Saunders um, and others, who are um, who are, are very capable and very knowledgeable. We're going to send it to them, get their feedback on it, and uh, and go from there. So our hope is is that when we get this thing printed, we would like to have a number of Haskamas, which are I guess you could say they're sort of like uh, seals of approval from 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 a rabbi that says that. 
the material in here is, is, is safe. It's now safe to go back into the water. We're taking care of the shark. So um, we're hoping to have, a number, have that, have those in, in the Sudor so that when people come to it, they can feel confident that they've got something uh, worthwhile and meaningful and error-free. Well, Adam, it sure sounds like you've done your homework. Uh, it sounds like you and Jacob have done a great job uh, with this book and uh, in putting it together, considering uh, the primary sources uh, obviously is essential, but I think even more so is for people to have that confidence uh, now that you are going to be getting, in essence, rabbinical approval on the prayer book itself. I, I know so, so many of uh, us Noahides want to have their knowledge, have their wisdom, and, and have their approval and knowing that we are indeed following the path uh, of Hashem. We, we, we want to know that we're doing that. Der Hashem, the way of God. We want to make sure that we're doing things His way. And oftentimes the confidence builder is having that rabbinic approval. Uh, so I think that's absolutely outstanding. Now let me ask you this. Uh, I, I know that there are other Sidors uh, out there. Uh, not Jewish Sidors, but Noahide Sidors. And I know that there's a, a number of them. What is going to set yours apart uh, from the the others, and what is going to make us want to use your book uh, rather than others? Well, you know, uh, yeah, J Jack Saunders once told me that I think he has something like about a dozen um, different uh, sedors at his house that have been attempted over the years for Noahides. For the last 15, 20 years, a number of people have tried to come and, and produce a Noahide Sador. Some of them are being used, I think, by Noahides, and, and a lot of them are not. Um, but let me say this before I tell you why, why I think ours is, is a good, good Sador. My, my feeling, and I think the feeling of Jacob, and I think this should be everybody's feeling, is that if you are using something that helps you develop this relationship with God, then I don't want you to stop using it. I don't want to say that you're doing something wrong. If, you're, if you have something that is working for you, in my opinion, it's more important that you're doing it and pursuing a shem uh, in a way that, that, that actually works for you. And I would never want to interfere with that. So, don't, so I hope nobody takes to the fact that we're doing a sador, and even though there are others out there, that this means that um, uh, ours is the best and superior and, and, and whatever else. Now, People should know that there are a lot of different Jewish sedors. So, so it's not like um, you know there's only one thing that we can do. Now, what I would like to talk about is, is what I feel are some uh, unique points to our sedor that I think that um, that 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 um, as far as some of the other sedors I've seen out there, I think that there are certain areas where I, we're very strong, and these are some of the things that makes me want to use our sedor and. To, to begin with, that was important for me, was that I didn't want to put together a Sador that I wouldn't use. Uh, one of the things that for me um, um, made a Noahide Sador relevant was that while I was living in, when I, when I was living in Israel and I was going through yeshiva, um, when we prayed out of the Sador, we prayed in Hebrew. And for me, it, it, it's just praying in English just doesn't do it for me. I, I just get so much more out of praying in Hebrew. I feel like my kavana, my level of kavana, my concentration, my intention, my, you know, uh, my spiritual connection is so much more focused and powerful when I'm doing it in Hebrew. Now, of course, 
not everybody can read it in Hebrew. And for those people, we wanted to have it uh, something in English. And, oh, by the way, I don't know if you know this, but we're also working on a Spanish version of the Sidor, which we're hoping will come out sometime after uh, the English version is out. We've actually already gotten some parts of it translated. Um, so we, we have that. So we have the English for those who want to read in English. And then we have the Hebrew for those Noahites who want to do it in Hebrew. And so that's a real plus, um, I think, for people. Um, also, um, we have put this together in such a way that, for me, one of the most important things, I think, is community building for Noahides. And one of the things that's been lacking in allowing successful Noahide communities to, to, uh, to grow all over the country, I think, is that uh, we haven't really had anything for communal prayer. And um, I, think it's, I, I think it's impossible, really, to have a successful uh, religious community without communal prayer. And so <laughs> we developed this Sador with uh, communities in mind. And that we've also made it, because of the way we've put it together, we've tried to keep it just clear, um, simple, straightforward, that one of the things that we hope this will be able to do is that individual communities will be able to adapt this Sador to whatever their needs are. You know, I've, I've been to several different communities, and they all do something different. They do some things the same, but for the most part, they have a lot of differences. And in part, that's just because there are certain things that community does that works for that community. And so we don't want to ever say that, um, you know, you shouldn't do uh, uh, something that's working for your community. I mean, one of the things that we as Noahides are not allowed to do is we're not allowed to start a new religion. If we come out and we say that you can only do our Sador only in this way, well, what are we doing? We're starting a new religion. So what we wanted was something that was adaptable and useful for people. Um, another thing, I think I talked a little bit about the commentary that we're working on. Uh, the commentary uh, serves a few purposes. One, it, it, it's uh, meant for whatever their parts, their, their times in the uh, uh, prayer book, the, the individual should do something. Uh, we try to explain what they're doing and why they're doing it. And then why they're doing it, actually, um, we try to be more specific. It's not just this general nebulous idea of why. You know, we're not, we're not philosophizing about why why should we pray? Why should we make a blessing? Actually, it's more like, why as a Noahide would you want to do this, right? Why, in the, why as a Noahide, for example, let me give you an example. Um, the beginning of the Shemona Esrei, the Amidah, the standing prayer, uh, is God of our fathers, God of uh, Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, right? So automatically the first question Noah is going to go is, is that, well, this is uh, talking about um, God of our fathers. Well, I'm not a descendant of Abraham or Isaac or Jacob. Why in the world would I want to want to say this? So in the commentary, we explain the reason why Noahide would want to say this prayer is because um, is because this is really just serving to identify who God is. God, the God that we're worshiping as Noahides, is the God of Abraham. He's the God of Isaac. He's the God of Jacob. He's the God of Israel. So we're identifying God. So this is why, even though it may seem to a Noahide that this is somehow irrelevant, actually is very relevant for us. It's doing what what we talked about earlier. It's helping to educate them about who God is. Um, and uh, so that's part of the purpose of the commentary um, and uh, is to talk about that why aspect of it. Um, and so hopefully with, with these different elements, our hope is that this will be useful to the individual, it will be useful to the community, um, it will be useful um, in people's everyday lives, it will be used like a Sador is meant to be used.
all the time. So, um, so that's why I think that I think that, I think that's what, in a way, uh, um, makes this a Sidor worth having. Well, that's great, Adam. And unfortunately, the end of the show has creeped up on us in a hurry. So let me kind of uh, uh, wrap this up and say that I am looking forward to the publication of your Sidor. I think a great many others are as well. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, hearing you speak uh, uh, about it and introducing it at the conference and looking forward to seeing you at the conference personally. And I think you've done a great job here. Uh, let me just say that the uh, published version will be available on the Noahide Nations website when it becomes available. Uh, so you'll be able to check it out at www.noahidenations.com. It's not in there currently, but it will be once it's published. So please do keep checking back for that. And uh, in the meantime, I want to say thank you to Adam. Thanks so much for, for coming on, on board with us today. And, of course, uh, thank you to our audience. And uh, a great thank you to Tamar for allowing us to be a part of her weekend edition and uh, uh, having this uh, Noahide segment, which is so extremely important to all of mankind, be a part of her weekend edition. Uh, uh, shalom to everybody, and Tamar, thank you again so much. Shavua Tov, everybody.